great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you so much, Nancy Sliwa, Curtis Sliwa, for the advice for my cat, Beyonce. And thank you, folks, to all of you that have sent me emails or uh, left messages on, on, I guess, cat psychology and how to deal with the issue of my cat, uh, Beyonce, who's been destroying the uh, the uh, very expensive uh, couch with uh, with his nails. Now, I'm not going to get into the gender stuff. That's a long story. Another story for a different day. I, I'm so glad to be with you folks this morning. I am just back from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, where we were there with our daughter, Courtney, on her children's book, Eva the Kid Reporter. And Courtney was one of the, um, one of the authors featured, uh, even made the, uh, the uh, newspaper there in, in Johnstown. And I'm, I'm waiting for, for today's articles to come out because the, the, there may be some photos of her in the article. So I'm all excited about that. But here's the point. We stayed in Bedford, Pennsylvania which is about a 45-minute drive from Johnstown. And I did not know this. Bedford is only 15 minutes away, a 15, 20-minute drive from where Flight 93 went down from the 9-11 attacks where the passengers took back over the plane. And forced it down. We went to the National Memorial there, and it is it is sobering. It, it is breathtaking. And coming up uh, in the Chronicles of Dominic Carter at forty five minutes past the hour, I will talk to my daughter Courtney. She'll be joining me about actually visiting the Flight ninety three site. When you're there, you can tell that it's very, very special. The first thing that you notice is this huge 90-foot tower. And the tower is referred to as the Flight 93 Memorial Tower Chimes. Chimes. And it's the Tower of Voices. It's actually 93 uh, 93 foot tall, and it's a musical instrument that contains 40 uniquely pitched wind chimes to honor the passengers and crew members that were aboard Flight 93. So obviously with, with us in this region being from New York, we think 9-11, we think lower Manhattan. But guess what, folks? When you're there in Pennsylvania and you're looking around and it's a rural area, but the damage that could have been caused in, in D.C., the nation's capital, was only about a 20-minute flight from where the plane went down. So imagine what could have happened. And as far as the uh, the airline, uh, airplane wreckage, wreckage uh some things that were that that were still uh, remaining were some personal effects and a very small amount of unidentified human remains were were found but all 40 of those americans absolute heroes let's get to the uh, topics now we're going to deal with this at 45 minutes past the hour the chronicles of dominic carter the issues we're dealing with right now, right here in front of us. And here we go again, the migrant issue, the potential. And several of you folks 
pointed this out to me in on-air comments, and look, exactly what you predicted is exactly what's happening. The potential for public health outbreaks is one of many concerns for officials worried about the migrants that are are here. And so now the city's chief health official is warning, get this, that a startling 50%, 50%, half of migrants streaming into the back at Big Apple are not vaccinated against the contagious and potentially deadless, deadly, that is, polio virus. And the city's chief health official is urging doctors to help him prevent a public health emergency. Many of the migrants come through, come from, pass through countries with high rates of infectious tuberculosis. And there have been outbreaks of chickenpox in the shelters locally housing the newcomers. So more than 50,000 people thus far have made it uh, to New York City in the past year after crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. And so you do the math. 50% is 25,000, and this can be a, a mess. And Mayor Adams is uh, predicting that the uh, the estimated tab uh, t- to cover shelter, food, and other services for asylum seekers is uh, $4.3 billion, $4.3 billion. So that's one of the issues we're dealing with this morning. One more headache for, for Americans as it relates to migrants. We are being taken advantage of this migrant crisis, we are being used, abused, and taken advantage of, and it's not the way it should be. And I'm not even talking about the price tag of all this. I'm talking about the possibility that, again, a startling 50% of migrants coming to the Big Apple are not vaccinated against the contagious and potentially deadly polio virus. And so in in a moment, I'm going to start with our telephone calls. We're going to go to Joe and Jericho. You can reach me this morning, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Also, I mentioned uh, Mayor Adams. Uh, Something else from, from the mayor, a statement from his office as it relates to it's going to be a big news day today. Uh, in in New York City, and uh, the the hearings, the congressional hearings on Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg start in just a matter of hours. And in a statement from Mayor Adams, the mayor says that um, that the hearing is a sham hearing to boost Donald Trump's campaign. Of course. District Attorney Alvin Bragg has been under fire since taking office in January of last year and announcing that his office would not, emphasis would not, prosecute many nonviolent crimes and would reduce some felonies to misdemeanor. And he has surely been a man of his word because that is exactly what he has done. The hearings underway a bit later on today are being called the victims of violent crime in Manhattan. The House Republican-led Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, it's going to be in Manhattan, not far from Bragg's office, and it comes after the controversial indictment, if you will, of former President Trump on charges that he falsified business records for hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels and... um, 
uh, you know how I, I'm on record as stating uh, the obvious that, that this is a case that should have never been brought forward, and they will convene at the Jacob Javits uh, Convention uh, Federal Building uh, in Lower Manhattan this morning, looking at the uh, uh, policies of um, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And so uh, that's one of the stories we're looking at this morning. I don't know if you folks have, have, and we see your calls. We're about to begin with them. The situation in Chicago. This is why I rail against progressive politics. Rough weekend in Chicago. Two shot. Two shot as hundreds of rowdy teens clash with Chicago police for a second night. A rowdy mob of teenagers were turned away from Chicago's Millennium Park. This erupted Saturday, and the violence and led to a massive clash with police. The video is not pretty. Two teenagers were shot and wounded, and at least one motorist was beaten by the crowd. Why are these young people doing this? Because they've been told by the media that it's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. We've got your back. So they literally clashed with police, and it was an unruly mob, and they were trashing property, smashing windshields, torching cars, and again, while attacking at least one motorist, forcing police to escort tourists to safety. Chicago police say two teens, 16 and 17, were wounded by a gunman in the crowd, and the violence came a day after a 14-year-old boy was shot during another outburst of teen violence. The world that we live in. We're going to start with your telephone calls right now, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Joe and Jericho, good morning, Joe. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. First of all, Kenny and the other callers, screen callers, deserve raises. They do a great job. They do. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope hope you had a good weekend. You know, not for nothing, but I'm not an old fogey. I'm a little older than you, I think. But when I was at that age, 16, 17, I was already in America's Marines following JROTC and the Marine cadets uh, when I was even younger than that. But the bottom line is this is absolute insanity. And also the fact that that, – that Adams is is allowing people, illegal invaders, many of which are thugs, into this country without vaccination. We beat polio, thank God. We beat tuberculosis. Now, over the last 40 years, it's been coming back because people are coming in who haven't or aren't even being screened. It's it's insanity. I mean, it's, it is. It, he should be impeached for what he's doing. And by the way, I hope that you and Rita Cosby, Curtis Wheeler, will be at that a congressional hearing tomorrow. And it, by the way, it's not the Jacob J. Javits Convention Center. That's over on West 34th and 12th. Right, it's the this federal is, building. Uh, 26 Federal Plaza. Right. And it's just above City Hall Park Row by one police plaza. And you know something? I think it's absolutely horrible. Dominic, when, when, they, when these thugs and these teenage thugs are fighting the police openly in Chicago. Yes. When 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 this creep this creep uh, uh, Alvin Bragg arrests the poor guy, and I blame the police for arresting Senor Alba. And I hope that his testimony tomorrow today knocks everybody's socks off. And I hope that they that they subpoena Bragg because he cannot walk away or waddle away from a federal. Uh, a, a congressional subpoena. But the bottom line is, Dominic, you take away basic, bare, and basic, essential, fundamental right of self-defense, and these thugs will kidnap, molest, rape, rob, kill anyone they want. And I'm not being an alarmist. Our lives are on the line. I, I hear you, Joe, and I, I appreciate your call. You mentioned the uh, witnesses, so let's talk about that for a second. Among the witnesses scheduled to testify before the committee in just a matter of hours now is uh, Jose Alba, the Manhattan bodega worker who was initially charged with murder by Bragg's office after stabbing uh, an assailant in self-defense. Also, uh, Joseph Borgen, a Jewish New Yorker who was beaten 
in an anti-Semitic attack. You may recall that near Times Square. Mr. Borgen has been very upset and highly critical of the district attorney. Also on the list are victims' rights advocates, Madeline Abrame, uh, her U.S. Army vet son who fought in Afghanistan, was beaten to death in Harlem in 2018, Jennifer Harrison, the founder of the Victims' Rights New York. Harrison's uh, boyfriend, uh, Kevin Davis, was killed in a fight outside of a uh, bar. Also, Paul DiGiacomo, someone who's been on 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 this show uh, uh, many times before, and uh, he's the president of the uh, Detectives Endowment Association. He's also due to testify and so it's going to be very, very uh, interesting. Let's go to uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jacqueline. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, I just want to ask you a, a question. With regard to Chicago and the shootings and the killings that occurred over the weekend, why aren't you calling for gun control for those weapons? Those weapons were no different from any other weapons that were used in all the other shootings. They injured people and they killed people. What's the difference? Jacqueline, how do you know I'm not calling for gun control for those weapons? I haven't heard it yet. Right. So every time something happens, I'm supposed to say gun control in every single time? No, I'm just trying to prove my point. But you're, but you're not, Jacqueline, because, of course, I you think I don't you think I don't want gun control for those animals in Chicago. Of course I do. Yeah. But again, it boils down to the same thing. They are not law-abiding citizens that have legal firearms. Guaranteed with my life, every single one of them are illegal firearms. Not one of them is licensed. Okay, but Jacqueline, right now I'm not really engaging in the conversation of gun control because because you're trying – honestly, you're trying to score a cheap point, and and you're not effective at it because because I'm on record. You folks already know how I feel about guns. I support the Second Amendment. I strongly do. I just came back from Pennsylvania. People have their guns. Lawful citizens have their guns. But in light of what's going on in the country, and I don't want this to start and turn into a, this is why I wish that call didn't go there. I don't want this to turn into a conversation on gun control right now. Um, I, I support in some situations based on the mass shootings, that we have been witnessing gun control all over the country. Not just, I'm not cherry picking just for mass shooters. Of course you need gun control in urban areas. In terms of what, so I hope Jacqueline, I mean, it's just that I, I mean, I can't point it out every time there's a, a different shooting. I mean, that would make no sense. But I do appreciate the call. Let's go to Judy in New Jersey. Good morning, Judy. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, a little after midnight this morning, I uh, I called uh, Curtis and Nancy because I wanted them to speak to you about the cat. I, I heard you. Uh, ah. That was me that had them call. They didn't know anything ab- about it. Nobody had told them. And I was I, I heard the tail end of it. And I know that you got to speak to them. And I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, glad for that. And well, I have to ask thank, you something thank else. Thank you for that, Judy. Go ahead. You're very welcome. Um, I heard these two ladies on your show, Loretta, and I don't remember the other one's name. You know, they made a donation. Is it possible for me to speak to to them? I'll leave my telephone number. Could you get them my number and ask oh, them to call okay. me? Okay. What What we'll do if you hold on, uh, Kenneth? Hold on, Kenneth will speak to Thank you, you. and, and get your to, information. I spoke to you a few times. You probably don't remember me, but you're, you're really a doll, and I, I've told you so in the past. Well, you probably don't remember me, but. I was really um, uh, beside myself when I heard what, and I'm so glad I got through to them. And they promised me they were going to speak to you the first thing today on their show, and they and they did. And I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard the end of it, and I'm really glad that uh, you got to speak to one another on the cat. Well, thank you. Thank you, Judy, for You're passing very, on that information. Welcome. And just hold on. Uh, Kenneth will get... Uh, get back to you and you can leave uh, an email address and a number and I will pass it on. So thank you very much for your call. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC on this Monday morning. Number of issues uh, going on. The congressional panel will convene at the Jacob Javits Federal Building 
in lower Manhattan this morning to look at the policies of Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg. A startling 50 percent of migrants coming to the Big Apple are not vaccinated against uh, the contagious, potentially deadly polio virus. That's coming from the city's health commissioner. So come on down. Bring them all here. We'll pay for it all. You don't want to eat that. Eat this. You don't want to eat that. Eat something else. Oh, you may have polio. Oh, don't worry about it. Just come on down. Come on down. Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind? Yes, Dominic. Yes. I mean, I'm not a big fan generally of vaccines, although I've had boatloads of them. But um, when it comes to the illegal migrants or illegal aliens, uh, they have to fulfill everything. They have to have every childhood vaccine one could think of. I mean, tuberculosis, smallpox, polio. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the polio one with them. They better give them the killed virus uh, vaccine because the one that's living, uh, they're contagious for a few days until that takes. So I'm more concerned about giving them that, and then they'll start spreading polio. So, uh, But basically, uh, they got to give them that stuff, and uh, they shouldn't be in this country. Uh, we need a wall. We need security. They shouldn't be in this country, period. should be returned to the country of origin. But if, if they're going to be in our country, they got to have all the childhood vaccines. I'm not making any, any excuses on that one. Well, Norman, I, 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 I concur with, uh, with your perspective. As a matter of fact, I say let the church say amen. Excuse me, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, what you just said, because I really believe I believe the compassionate way to deal with this is try and fix the problems in their country, but not just to let them come here for a full free ride where they're getting over on everybody, because that's that's what's going on. Nobody wants to call it for what it is. You know, I was I was looking looking at something earlier. If you're here and you're a migrant um, woman that happens to uh, end up pregnant, you qualify whether whether you're here legally or not. You qualify for Medicaid on the spot. Sure. And I mean, think about this now. Think about this. Thank you for the call, Norman. Think about this. You're welcome. So you want to start a family, right? And I define starting a family this way: you want to have children. So you find a way, you know, you can't pay for it. So you find a way to get to New York. And once you get to New York, you got a free ride. You got food. Then once the baby's here, you got money to help you with daycare. You've got money uh, for to help you with everything. Then the child is born an American citizen and becomes an anchor baby, if you will. And for lack of a better term, ka-ching. Ka-ching at the expense of the American people. Robert, Suffolk County. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I'm glad that you raised the issue of the migrants not being vaccinated because I'm wondering if the New York City DOE is giving these migrant kids a pass on being vaccinated and putting them into our schools and our children can get sick and die. Well, it, it, it's possible. It, it's for for the city health commissioner commissioner to ring the alarm bell. Uh, it it should tell all of us that that something is terribly wrong with this process. That's that's Somebody's what we should find out. You know, it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's a it's a scary situation, and. You know, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. You you look up and and they're here, and and now you find out that they may, as many of you have said, uh, that that uh, that they may um, they may may have a a, a bad um, uh, the deadly polio virus. It's just not. It's just not right, Robert. And you know, um, hey, go ahead. You have you have kids in school, right? Well, my kids are no longer in school. My grandkids are in school. Okay. Well, you know from your kids being in school that every child has to be up to date on their vaccinations at whatever age they are attending. Yes. And if that's not being done by the DOE, we're going to have a real big problem. 
Well, and, and you are correct, Robert. Thank you for the call. What the? I'm going to take a break, folks, in one second. But what the uh, city health commissioner is urging at this point is that migrants should be asked if they have TB symptoms, such as extended coughing and and coughing with blood, fever or night sweats, and unexplained weight loss. Now, you think that they're going to be honest uh, about about the situation? Or do you think that they're not going to be honest because they, uh, let's put it this way, whatever's going to make them be able to stay, that's, that's, that's the line they're going with. Dominic Carter here with you on this Monday morning talk radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. I'm looking forward to in about 15 minutes, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. I'll be talking with my daughter, Courtney. Again, we spent the uh, weekend at a uh, children's book fair on her book in Johnstown, uh, Pennsylvania. And we did not know that where we stayed at in Bedford is only 15 minutes from where Flight 93 went down from the 9-11 attacks. And, of course, that's where the passengers took back over uh, the plane, and it went down. There's a national memorial there, a national park. It's beautiful. We got to um, experience it. They also have, as part of the exhibit, where you can go inside and listen to the actual voices of the 40 Americans, uh, messages that they left for loved ones, um, uh, audio that, that they happen to have. And they, they have names of all the people and pictures. It is absolutely beautiful. And you know that you're on special ground the moment you set foot onto this now national park. I'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Wokeness on steroids. Another situation we're discussing is what happened over the weekend in Chicago. The establishment has led these young people to believe that they're permanent victims, that they could do whatever they want. And thus the police in Chicago had their hands full over the weekend, two shot as hundreds of rowdy teens clash with the police in Chicago for a second night. This is the same city that soon will go from from bad to worse in terms of a progressive mayor with Lori Lightfoot having lost. And so the rowdy mob of teenagers... Imagine a urban mob making its way through the streets. That's exactly what was happening in Chicago this weekend. They were turned away from Chicago's Millennium Park on Saturday, and the violence erupted that led to a a massive clash, if you will, with police. Two teens were shot and wounded, and at least one motorist was beaten by the uh, crowd. And this happened near downtown Chicago's Millennium Park on uh, Saturday night. Uh, One bystander beaten, two teens wounded. Uh, uh, Property was, uh, was trashed. Here we go again, smashing windows, torching cars, and attacking at least one motorist, as I said a bit earlier, forcing police to escort tourists to safety. 
Two teenagers, 16 and 17 years old, were wounded by a gunman in the crowd. And the violence came a day after a 14-year-old boy was shot during another outburst of teen violence. And uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn called up earlier, and she said, "Just a, why aren't you talking about gun control now? You talk about it all the time. Why aren't you doing it now? So, Jacqueline, to please you, solely to please you, Chicago definitely needs gun control. Definitely, just like New York. I'm not talking about it only for mass shooters. I'm talking about it for all of America, for all of America. So, but I, but I will say, folks, that every time something happens, I can't make the argument every single time. So I guess Jacqueline thought that I was being evasive or avoiding the topic. No, that's not it at all. I stand firm that it's needed. I, I, that's, that's my position. Let's continue with your telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Jay in Ohio. Good morning, Jay. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, Dominic, I think they got the goods on your, on uh, the attorney, the attorney general of uh, New York. You, you mean, on, you mean, wait, wait, you mean on the district attorney? The district attorney. Okay. Yeah, I think they got the goods on him. They got evidence that he misappropriated funds, federal funds, to go after Trump. That's why they're coming to New York. Well, but but you know the Democrats tell a very different story. From uh, Senator Schumer to Congressman Jerry Nattler, they say that they're just trying to uh, help Trump's presidential campaign and slow down this process. That's that's what they are saying. They're going to hang him. I'm telling you, they're going to hang. They're going to hang Bragg. Like I said, he, he's digging a hole for the people of the city of New York, and now he's getting ready to fall in, fall in it himself. Just watch. Okay, well, it, it's certainly going to uh, be interesting. We do know uh, Mr. Mister Bragg is suing uh, the committee. Uh, that's so- not, that's, that's not going to matter. That's, that's, he's he's, he's going to do something, but what he's doing ain't going to be enough to save his skin. He's, he's finished. Well, we we will see. We we will see. Uh, I'm sure that uh, tomorrow night, or I should say, well, it will be tomorrow night. It'll be Tuesday morning. We we will be able to uh, figure out. Thank you for the call, Jay. We'll be able to figure out exactly what happened uh, during uh, this hearing. But I can tell you this: it, it's going to be an embarrass an embarrassful day for Mr. Bragg because you're going to have one witness after another stating that that. Uh, they received a raw deal uh, from his office when they are the victims. And what what they are claiming uh, in terms of the people that are going to uh, testify is that they feel that Mr. Bragg wants to silence victims, that he wants to silence everyday New Yorkers who are suffering and have lost loved ones because of this crime crisis. Let's face it. Since Mr. Bragg took office, it's been one misstep after another, one misstep after another. So we'll see exactly what happens. Let's go to Alex in California. Good morning, Alex. What's on your mind? I think you take my call. I just had a one possible uh, suggestion for solving this problem. So, wait, wait, wait. Which problem? Which problem? Uh, oh, the one involving uh, out-of-control violent uh, mobs. Okay. So the Chicago situation currently. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I know we have uh, some entity called the Guardian Angels, and supposedly they don't carry weapons. But let's change that. Let's make sure that all future Guardian Angels now carry weapons. And that's that, that's, uh, that's never going to happen, Alex. If if that's your solution, you can forget it. That's never. We 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 have auxiliary police officers that don't carry weapons. Yeah, but uh, we we can't wait for the police to show up sometimes. So when the guardian angels are there, they need to take care of the problem. Right. Well, that in in a place like New York, that will thank you for the call, Alex. In a place like New York, that will never happen in a million years. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Good morning, Jerry. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I am annoyed, like you have no idea about these migrants coming in this country. When my grandparents came here. They never got nothing, and for them to get all these things that food that they don't like, 
they don't they drink coronas and smoking pot, having sex in the hallways like Curtis Sliwa keeps saying. No, this is ridiculous. Something's gotta be done. Biden is useless. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know if I would say useless, but I would say his presidency um has not I'll met say he's e- useless. Okay, has not met expectation. I'll I'll put it that way. I'll put it that way, Jerry. Um, and I think all of us as Americans uh, are, are hurting, whether in Pennsylvania, where I just left, or or New York, or or any any state in the uh, in the country. And and I'm with you on the migrants, Jerry. I mean, you know, Mayor Adams opened the door, and it's nothing but a, just a, a big con job. They're, they're coming here for free, free, free. And they're going to have babies and everything else, and you and I are going to pay for it, and they're going to laugh all the way to the bank. It's as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, the babies, they can't deport once right. that kid is born here. So then right. the mother's, oh, you can't leave it. Right. That's one, if you, if my brother-in-law pointed this out to me down in Freehold, and then I started seeing where I live and all. Every foreign Mexican woman has pushing a baby carriage. When I started realizing this, I said, son of a gun, he hits all right. Well, I, I don't know if I would broad brush <laughs> that way, Jerry, but but I hear you. But I, but I hear you. And I, I thank you for the call, Jerry. You have a wonderful morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the uh, other side of uh, midnight. But in about five minutes, I'm going to be chatting with my daughter about uh, – Visiting uh, the uh, museum for Flight 93 in Pennsylvania. Very, very emotional. Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I'm glad you had such a nice weekend with Courtney, and I wish her all, all the best with her book. I Thank hope it you. goes into. I think it would be a great uh, thing to have in the school library. So, Thank you. Um, perhaps that's a, something that she could pursue. Um, get rid of some of the trash they have in a lot of the school arbors now and put in something wonderful like that. So um, in any event, I just want to kind of loop a couple of things together. You were talking about the Flight 93 Memorial and those precious souls that um, were stolen from this world that day and the horror of 9-11. And uh, you look at the wide open border, Dominic, we have so many people on the terror watch list that are being caught down there. Those are the ones that we know that are getting caught. We've had almost a million gotaways under the Biden, meaning we don't know who they are. We don't know why they're here. And if they're not turning themselves in, because as you know, you turn yourself in down there, you're handed a $1,000 cash debit card, you're handed a phone, you get a free ride, a free plane ride. Um, you're hooked up with services. So if they're not turning themselves in, you can kind of guess there's a reason for it, right? So um, it could be anything because they're smuggling drugs or it could be because they have some malicious intent for the country. So we all have to um, pray that nothing will come of it. And I've heard people, uh, Tom Holman, former uh, Border Border Patrol chief, um, different people within the uh, several previous administrations, even Jay Johnson, uh, Homeland Security under Obama have said we're we're at huge risk now because of what's happening there. We're up 123 percent illegal crossings at the border month to month from last year. Now, mind you, last year were record highs. We're up 123 percent since then, and these people are coming in not vaccinated. Um, you know, treatment resistant tuberculosis is a very bad thing. We had it before here. Came in with illegals. Um, I remember a number of years ago, this was making the rounds. There's so much that happens here. We have people, we're giving licenses to them. We're giving them treatment that that we don't get. In other words, we all have to do the right things. They don't have to do the right things. And it, it's just so sad what we are allowing to happen in our country. You know, Mexico has a wall on their southern border. If you break into Mexico, you get returned. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're you're but is turned around and you're sent back. But for some reason, we, and I I believe I know why the Biden administration is allowing this. We've had close to 6 million people in 18 months under this. That's a huge number. You look at the cost just uh, in dollars and cents to this country, much less the, the, the cost and um, infrastructure, things like schools, uh, medicine. We had a thing locally in uh, where I am just outside of Boston, 
And the emergency department had to tell people, stop coming to the emergency room, only come for this, this, and this. They had, and they had the head of the emergency department putting out warnings. We can't take the people. There are, there, you know, there's a stress on our schools. And these kids don't have to be vaccinated, but American kids have to be vaccinated. When they come in here, we have no idea. And I've seen before the city of Lynn has a, up here has a huge uh, illegal immigration problem. And the kids up there, they've had problems in schools with everything. They've almost had, they've basically almost had to shut down the schools because they can't afford to keep them open. Right. And, and the parents are very upset because the American students have to go by rules that the illegals don't. And it's just a very, very sad time, I think, for our country. And I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think anything good's going to come of it. So thanks for bringing it up. And last but not least, did you talk Quickly, about the, what happened ahead. with the shooting in Alabama? No, I haven't. I, the shooting in Alabama. I don't know what situation that is, but right now I can't deal with it, Jennifer, because I've got to take a break. We'll, we'll deal with that another night, I promise. But I, oh, you mean the, the football player? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, the sister, Sweet 16. Yeah, yes, but, you're, but, 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 you, but you know, that, that's another reason why I say an issue with gun tests. Thank you for the call, Jennifer. Well, yeah. I believe what Jennifer is referring to is a star football player uh, about to um, receive a major scholarship out of high school to play college ball. You already know what I'm going to say. We've become desensitized to what's going on. Of course he's black. Of course he's dead. Of course his life is over. Of course his family's in mourning. Of course a young man that could have provided for his family with millions if he made it to the NFL, they now have nothing. He's in the morgue. He's about to be buried. A star football player. Look in the picture. Looks like a sweet kid. And I'm becoming desensitized to it because I looked at the story and I'm like, what's different about this time compared to all the other times and compared to what's going on in Chicago right now, this weekend, where you have a mob mentality, uh, a group of urban young people roaming the streets, attacking people, attacking property. And with the political climate we have, the the PD in Chicago does the best they can, but you can't even really move in because if you move in, the politicians are going to say you're racist, you were attacking the young people, it's not fair. You can't win. You just can't win. I've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, and I'm going to be chatting with my daughter, Courtney. I I did, you know, again, I, I'm almost a little embarrassed about this. You say 9-11, I say lower Manhattan. But, of course, there's Flight 93. And it just so happened it, we were staying about 15 minutes away from there. So, of course, we had to go. Breathtaking experience, very sad. But at the same time, we left there proud to be American. W-A-B-C. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. So I'm literally just back from John, John, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Johnstown, Pennsylvania where we were there with our daughter, Courtney, regarding her children's book, Eva the Kid Reporter, and we stayed in Bedford, Bedford, Pennsylvania. And I did not know this. Bedford is only 15 minutes away from where Flight 93 went down from the 9-11 attacks where the passengers took back over the plane and forced it down. It's only about 15 minutes flying time away from the nation's capital, where the plane, where the terrorists planned to take it down. So it's now a national memorial there, and it's breathtaking. And one of the things they have is a 93-foot-tall tower chime in which it contains 40 uniquely pitched wind chimes to honor the passengers and crew members that were aboard Flight 93. And you can walk along the path, and there's all types of information and photos, and it's, it's really sad. 
And um, I, I want to bring in my daughter on, on this conversation to talk about the uh, the memorial that we went to uh, in Pennsylvania. And I say um, a good morning to you, Courtney. How are you? Hello, I'm doing great, Dad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. A sad moment for all Americans, for the world. Most of us, in, in you and your brother Dominic, uh, grew up in the tradition of 9-11 down at the World Trade Center site. But uh, not, about 15 minutes from your hotel is where, literally, where Flight 93 went down. F- Flight 93, of course, a Hollywood movie was made about it. It's where the passengers took control of the plane from the terrorists and forced the plane down before it hit the Capitol, which is only about a 15-minute flight uh, from here. So you went to, with your mom and, and your brother and myself, you went to the uh, Flight 93 uh, Memorial. What, what, does, what do you and your generation think about 9-11 and Flight 93, and, and what was it like going to the museum here in Pennsylvania? Of course, it's an outdoor museum. They also have an indoor uh, federal park, but what was it like? Well, you know, uh, Dad, we all had a connection to September 11th as Americans, right? So I was uh, 13 when it happened. I was a freshman in high school. It was my first uh, week of high school, and I remember what class I was in. It was art class, and it came over the loudspeaker um, that a plane had hit the World Trade Center, and we just couldn't believe it. It's kind of, It was kind of too much to take in. I went to a school uh, in Rockland County that had several parents that were first responders, um, you know, doing um, doing brave work, and some of them went were down there uh, when the planes hit. And unfortunately, I had one or two classmates that did lose a family member in 9-11, so it, it hit all of us and had this tremendous ripple effect. Um, but being there at the memorial site uh, was overwhelming in a sense of sadness and just realizing the reality of what happened and what those 40 American passengers did to save our country. And so, you know, again, being from New York, we think about Lower Manhattan, what happened at the World Trade Center site. But the same thing happened here. How would you describe it to people that have never been to the uh, the museum site for Flight 93? Well, I would say in a, uh, it's very beautiful in the sense that they are honoring Though their lives, the human lives, uh, our U.S. government did a fantastic job with the memorial site. They have a flower garden. Uh, they have a pond. Their names are everywhere, so you can remember their names. There are a couple of names that I didn't know offhand until I went to the site, and I'll always remember them. Um, and so I just think that uh, it's a beautiful site of remembrance um, that everyone should visit and go to, and um, we should see the impact of what they did that day. And, Courtney, I, I thank you uh, for joining, Dad. Courtney's going to be talking about this uh, a bit more in my podcast that will be posted um, Tuesday Tuesday uh, evening. You can go online now uh, to the WABCradio.com website, uh, click on podcast, Dominic Carter City Hall, we did a part two to the issue of transgenders and the athletes and so on and the promotional campaigns. That is not the topic this morning. Um, you can also go to my social media. We've posted a couple of our photos from our visit there in Pennsylvania this weekend. And uh, you can go to Twitter. That's uh, Domin- at, at Dominic TV, Dominic TV, Instagram and Facebook. Dominic Carter TV. You can see uh, some of the photos with my son, with and some of the uh, sites at the um, at the um, at the memorial for Flight 93. And and I I see we have uh, Audrey uh, Holding and David. I'm going to try and get to at least one of them. And we're taking your calls, folks. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. But you know, one of the uh, conversations that that I had uh, with my wife, my son, and my daughter. And, and now I'm going to have it with uh, Frank Morano as, as he's about to tell me what's uh, coming on on his program. So Flight 93, Frank, you're on the board. You're on board the plane. Mm. And you've just, as, as with their case, they just found out that something happened in New York with the plane that right. left out of Boston. 
And uh, this one, I think, left out of Newark, and its final destination was California. I think that's right, yeah. Okay, so what do you do, Frank? I, I'd like, I mean, obviously, we see how history has unfolded. I'd like to think I would have uh, had the same uh, courage that the pe- the passengers on board did to work with the flight crew to uh, beat the terrorists and down the plane before it could get somewhere else uh, to another terrorist target. But, but I guess what I'm asking is do you hold out hope for the very last second, a, a, a sense of optimism that maybe, because we know that several of them were calling loved ones right. saying that this is it. Some were in a little bit of denial saying there's a little bit of problem. Everything's going to be okay. The woman that happened to be pregnant. Um, but do do you hold out hope for the very last second or do you do what they did and say, oh, no, 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 you're, you're not crashing this plane into the into the White House or into the Pentagon. We're taking it down now. You know, um, I think that's probably one of those situations where you don't know how you'd react until you're actually tested. But I'd like to think that I would have been one of those people that said, we're taking this down right now. I mean, think about that for a I, second. I can't. You know, it's a nightmare just thinking about it, to make that last phone call or uh, a le- last sort of any sort of communication to your loved ones, letting them know that you're pro- probably going to be dead. I mean, you know, knowing you're going to die is a frightening thing. But to um, to know that you're dying as part of essentially a war with terrorists is is uh, more than more than I can fathom. But you know what's great about being an American? They said, "Hell no, you're Absolutely. not. You're not going to win. Absolutely, we, we, we're going to. This plane is going down in this field area. It may hit some houses. Uh, it didn't hit houses, thank God." But we're going down in this field in Pennsylvania. It's not going to the nation's I, I know you were at the museum. Is there a agreed-upon consensus about what the most likely target was for no, those folks? There's not, not. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. And, you know, but, Frank, just to, to be there, man, it's an experience. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I have some family in Pennsylvania. I'm going to check it out. You, you know it's special the moment you get out of your car. And when you walk up to that 90-foot chime, 93-foot chime, and you hear the 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 soft chime voices. I, I I would lose it. I almost lost it. What what do you have coming up this morning? All right, we have an action-packed show. Uh, there is a war on AM radio, as you've been hearing in the ads that we're running, and a big lawsuit today starts with Dominion versus Fox News. A guy that's an expert on that and a whole lot of other things is Brian Rosenwald. He is the brightest mind and the brightest scholar on talk radio and its related entities that I've ever spoken to. He's going to join me to talk about that. And yesterday was Orthodox Easter, so we're actually going to have a look at what we know about Jesus, not as a religious figure, but as a a historical figure, with uh, Professor James McGrath, who is an expert on historical Jesus and how that historical Jesus may differ at all from the religious Jesus. So I'm looking forward to both conversations. I'm looking forward to the show. We only have 30 seconds left, but I really want to get Audrey in Brooklyn. She wants to comment on Chicago. Audrey, it's got to be quick, and we'll continue this tomorrow night. But what's, what's your what's your point? Said, um, the police um, really made a big mistake, and they should have arrested the, the youth from the beginning. They shouldn't have went on for two days, and all guns should be stopped. And... um. Polio vaccine stopped. They stopped giving that vaccine in the United States 2000. I don't think anyone coming over had polio. I, 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 well, I, I strongly disagree with that. But we'll continue tomorrow. Frank Barano is coming up right now. But first, news headlines, Alex Barnard.